award-winning Tennessee Wildcast is on the air with the latest on hunting, fishing, boating, wildlife watching, and all things outdoors. Make welcome your host, drummer and outdoor expert novice, Jason Harmon. Hello, everybody, and welcome into this edition of Tennessee Wildcast. We are live out here on Gooch WMA for this show. We're thanks, uh, thank you guys for tuning in, for listening, for watching. It's going to be a fun uh, conversation. It's our 300th show, Don. 300. Can yeah. you believe it? It's amazing. 300, and we have our new executive director, Jason Maxidon, with us. Thank you for being with us, Jason. Well, thank you, Jason and Mr. Don. Oh, Looking forward to you it. You bet. Perfect timing. Perfect timing. Yeah, it's exciting. Uh, you know, uh, one, have the new director on. Exactly. And two, the 300th show. It's going to be a fun conversation, and we're out. In the field, too, which is fun. I know it. Man, in the shade of a cypress tree, and it uh, couldn't be better. Yeah. I'm excited to be outside and to be in West Tennessee today. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's going to be a fun conversation. We're in your neck of the woods. I mean, you, you grew up out here. This is where you started working, and uh, and uh, so it's going to be a fun fun chat about that, and then we're going to jump into some other stuff around duck blinds and duck hunting and, and uh, some things like that. Sounds good? I'm looking forward to it. Yes, sir. Awesome. Awesome. Well, let's jump right in uh, like we said you uh, I, love, I love the sound of that executive director yeah. you know, have you gotten used to that yet Jason I have not very humbling to be called the executive uh, director still trying to get used to it when staff say director yeah yeah you know uh, it's it's kind of like an overnight success you know I mean you the, a lot of things have changed for you in the last couple of years in a good way yes, and uh, and it, it's great it kind of takes me to the music business you know where you see that overnight success and then all of a sudden you realize man they've been working at this for a long time and, and you, that is the case with you I mean you've been working these very fields and and uh, and all for what 22 years now right? yes sir been yeah. with the agency for 22 years wow well, let's let's recap a little bit of that. Just kind of take a look back. You you grew up here. You love to hunt and fish. Tell us about how you got into that, and then we'll jump into your career. Okay. So yes, grew up in West Tennessee here, about eight miles actually south of here at Gooch WMA in oh. a little town called Newburn, Tennessee. And I'm um, always loved and had a passion for the outdoors, especially for hunting and fishing. In fact, I actually got to hunt here a good bit as a teenager. Oh, neat. A great area to squirrel hunt. <laughs> Killed several turkeys here um, on the area that's adjacent to this one. So just had a lot of fun being able to be in the bottoms here and, and grow up in this area. As far as my career, I started out here in West Tennessee in 2000. I went to school here in West Tennessee at UT Martin. There you exactly. go. I got an education in wildlife biology. And um always wanted to be a wildlife officer, but it didn't quite work out. I went through a couple <laughs> interview processes and didn't make it, so then went on to school at the University of Tennessee at Knoxville and earned a master's degree in forestry. Okay. And the agency at that time had a new position that came open, and it just happened to be in West Tennessee. Thought, hey, I'll probably never get to come back here, <laughs> um, but I got hired in as our wetlands forester in 2000 and um, got to work um, all across West Tennessee. So my job was managing the forest, really from the Tennessee River to the Mississippi River. And one of my primary duties at that time was doing bottom and hardwood restoration. Right, right. Um, and so what we were doing, we were heavily as an agency in the acquisition mode. We were buying a lot of ag land and we were trying to convert that back uh, to timber. Mm. And so we were going out and planting a lot of trees at that time. In fact, <laughs> the agency restored about 7,000 acres of bottom and hardwoods over a course of about 10 years there. Awesome. Uh, pretty yeah. neat experience because what we were doing, we would come to a field much like this that would be an ag production and um, had a unique system. I want to tell about that if I have a yeah, I have just yeah. sure. Kind of a unique system. So what we would do is do 
counter survey work. You've probably seen this maybe on rice farms in Arkansas, but they use um, global positioning systems with real-time kinetics. Sounds sophisticated, but it's not. You just have a satellite uh, going to, say, a vehicle and GPS unit, and you can mark contours across the ground. And so what we would do, when you look across here, this looks like it's all about the same elevation. Right. When, in fact, there's probably at least five feet, maybe more, of elevation change in this field. Mm -hmm. And so we would mark a line on the ground, and they would be matched tree species to site through elevation and so wow. for example bald cypress um, grows in the lowest elevations in the bottom and a cherry bark oak which is a red oak would grow in the highest elevations and we would plant as many as 30 different tree species across those sites wow um, and we would match the tree species to site through elevation why that's important is we're in the annual floodplain this thing floods annually and mm -hmm. it floods during the growing season which is like june and when the trees leaf out, you've got to have trees that can tolerate water uh -huh. during those months. Right. Um, so enough of that. So shifting <laughs> a little bit fast forward, going forward. Love to talk about that. Maybe yeah, we can do a show That's your passion, though. Sometime. You started there. That's what you love. Love it. Uh, the agency, everybody got involved. It was a great project. We're not in acquisition mode, you know, in West Tennessee as much. Uh -huh. um, we still do some of that, not quite as much as we were at that time. Mm -hmm. So fast forward a little bit. Um, the next job with the agency, I spent nine years in as the wildlife manager over the Lower Obion Wetland Complex. That's five different WMAs over near the Mississippi River and one refuge, White Lake Refuge, areas like Bogota and Thorny Cypress uh -huh. WMAs, mainly focusing on wetland bird management, mainly waterfowl. And this was really my dream job with the agency. Still, I will say it is the dream job, even though I love what I'm doing now. But started out over there getting to manage wetlands. Also, at that time, got to get my commission, so became a commissioned officer for the state. There you go. You got that and in. Enjoyed doing that. I always wanted to do it. So that was a, a big part of my life, of something I still enjoy today. I've been able to retain that commission. Uh -huh. But um, really enjoyed managing for waterfowl that that is my passion that's what i enjoy to do um even outside of work i mm -hmm. love to waterfowl hunt so probably the most satisfying job i've had with the agency because you get to go out and manage things like this a more soil wetland unit you get to plant crops for waterfowl deer coming across sorry for the distraction a little fall oh, there that's but great um, hey you, so you get you get to do that and then you get to see the results of your work as a wma manager when the ducks show up in the fall and right. the winter and you get to watch them on the areas and then mm. get to hunt them it's very rewarding uh -huh. so Man. fast forward again <laughs> so spent a year and a half in our region one office in jackson um as our Region 1 Wildlife Program Manager, and that's really just more of an administrative type role. We've got a lot of WMA managers um, that are overseeing all of our properties, really from the Tennessee River to the Mississippi River, and did that for about a year and a half, and then come to the director's office as the, the deputy director uh -huh. over the field operations side, and that's over what we call the big five divisions. Um, that would be law enforcement or boating and law enforcement, wildlife and forestry, fisheries, engineering, and the biodiversity division. So we've got a little over 600 staff in those divisions, yeah. and it was a um, great job, great experience. Love the diversity of doing that before coming to the executive director. Right, right. Yeah, that experience is bound to be just super valuable for what a you're doing. A lot of now. great employees, a lot of great chiefs and colonel that I got to work with throughout that, and we'll continue to get to do that in this role, Definitely. but just a great diversity of experience that i really enjoyed yeah so now now you're you're in this position uh, been named executive director uh working closely with the fish and wildlife commission and uh what does this mean to you well first i'll say it's very humbling um you know i never 
sought this position. Never thought that I would. In fact, I said I'd never work in Nashville. Didn't want to leave West Tennessee. As I mentioned, <laughs> I was in that dream job. But just it's a can't, really words can't describe it because there's so much that you do as the executive director and working with the commission, working, you know, with all of our stakeholders, including our licensed buyers, which are our customers. And I'm passionate about trying to work with them a little bit closer. Um, and then working with the legislature, you get to do that. I never knew that I would get to do that and uh -huh. get to experience it, but really just humbling is going to be the right word that I would use to be able to serve um, all these different folks in this role. You talk about a full-time job, Jason, mm -hmm. that that's uh, that is a full-time job. <laughs> Much busier than I thought it would be, but it's very rewarding. And it's an all-in. It has a lot of positions with our agency. It's kind of an all-in family position because, I mean, your wife, uh, you know, has to not only tolerate all the time that, that it requires, but uh, be a part of it, too, you know. And, and I've seen her her smiling face. I know that's, that's important to you. Well, thank you for that. It is. It's a really... I've grown up in the agency. It's my family. 22 years with the agency. You all are part of it. We all know how it is. Everybody is such a close working group, a great family atmosphere. Everybody's so passionate about what they do. Um, all of our employees, all of our staff members are just very smart, educated people that are very passionate about what they do. And to be able to serve them in this role, again, is very humbling. That's good. Yeah. Well, as the new director, do you have a new vision? Do you have an idea of where we want to go and what you want to see the agency do while you're executive? You know, it's really just building on the things that we already have. I keep talking about our staff and how great they are at what they do. Uh, you know, there's a few things that, you know, there's been challenges over the last few years that we have faced. Uh -huh. you know, there's been some controversial subjects to the public that, you know, I want us to do a better job of being more transparent. And that's what we're doing out here today. Yeah, you know, we're here. I yeah. wanted to come to West Tennessee and talk about about you know crops um, duck duck blinds have been a subject of a lot of interest <laughs> over the last few years so just want to get out in the field and do that um, the other big thing is just really focusing in on an agency you know our R3 initiatives mm -hmm. retaining uh, re recruiting retaining and reactivating right. owners um, as most I think of our customers know our licensed buyers support this agency they're what drive this agency when we're mainly funded through the sale of hunting and fishing licenses and it's going to be important um, not only now but to us in the future um, to be able to retain recruit and reactivate these folks buying these licenses right. so I want to see us focus some new initiatives towards really doing that and trying to reach new user groups mm -hmm. um, you know there's a lot of folks in that age bracket from about 18 to late 20s early 30s um, that we really want to reach um, not only that a, a diversity yeah there's a lot of folks that we haven't been reaching that we need to reach out to to get activated into hunting and fishing into the outdoors they don't know what they're missing right <laughs> don't know what they're missing and um i just want us to tell more about what we do we do a lot of great things as an agency and i want us to do a better job y'all are part of that yep. you know telling what we do getting out with our staff really highlighting and showing some of the things that we do and then one of the things that I hope to do as director is to be able to go with a more ecosystem-based approach to purchasing land. I come from the land. I come from here in West Tennessee, and I want to see us provide high-quality hunting opportunities for the public. And um, hopefully over time, we'll be able to acquire more properties and increase, increase our land base, expand our WMAs, provide more connectivity for wildlife. And um, hopefully this is something that we'll just continue to add to. Yeah. Increase access, make it make it easier for people to get out there. Absolutely. A lot of big thing now is having access on water. 
waterways. We want to be able to increase those, um, actually make the ones that we have better and just have better opportunity for our users. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I know folks will really appreciate that. Um, well, do you want to move into talking about where we are and, and why we're here today? I mean, we're here on Gooch WMA. Uh, as you can see around us, uh, got some millet planted here behind us, right? Yeah. And, and got some stuff, got some work going on here to, to get ready for duck season. Yeah. So really, again, we talked about this. You know, one of the visions I have is being more transparent about what we're doing and um, really show more, showcase some of our areas. So we are on Gooch Wildlife Management Area in Obine County. Um, right outside of Trimble, Tennessee. And what we're looking at is actually, it's not planted. This is a native vegetation. This okay. is a wild millet. Um, and it, it's it's really in the soil. All you have to do is really manage for it. And there's different ways. And, and I know as we get out today, we're going to shoot some more segments about waterfowl right. crops. And, yep. and we'll talk about like timing of drawdown. It's critical about when you draw the water down to be able to get this type of vegetation out there. Okay. I Something for me too is is understanding the differences between uh, you know the different plantings and moist soil environments. What is a moist soil moist, moist moist soil environment? All right, so this is a moist soil environment. We are in the annual floodplain here at Gooch WMA, and what that means is this area floods every year. Okay, and so this is really. A green tree reservoir. We, we try not to manage most of our WMAs the way that this is managed. We got this thing, I think it's in the 60s if I remember right. It has a really high levee system around it. Uh -huh. It's over 800 acres in size and it has a really tall levee. And we, you know, right behind us right here is the Obine River. Um, and so it overbanked floods every year. And it overbanked floods during the growing season, which makes things a challenge. Um, this is one of the things that we hope to do through some of these videos is educate folks on some of the dynamics of a wetland and so when this thing floods in june that makes it a little difficult to grow certain things um, and almost every year we'll get around a june 15th flood you can look at historical records it may fluctuate a little bit before or after that but that's key whenever you're trying to manage something in wetlands and these plants that are native here the moist soil plants that are here they're actually in the soil or the duff and if you do things like burning or light diskings um, you can actually promote these wild millets to grow here What's very important about that more than the seed is the structure of that plant. Uh -huh. And what that structure does is attract things that we call invertebrates. I call them bugs, good mm -hmm. West Tennessee term. Yeah. It's easier to say is bugs, but this is something that waterfowl really want and really need. And that's something that we have to manage for as an agency. We obviously want to manage for hunting opportunity. Being a duck hunter, I want to be able to shoot ducks in the winter, but we also have to manage for body condition for ducks so that we send them back to their nesting ground in a healthy good condition. Yeah, healthy condition. Those bugs are critical to that. Mm. Yeah, and people would pull up here and say, well, they want to see corn or uh, they wonder why this looks the way it does. Not all crops work in all different areas, right? Is that true? That is correct. Again, when you're in an annual floodplain, it creates a, a complex dynamic to grow certain things, but we want diversity. Um, we want things like moist soil plants because they attract more bugs. We want things like Japanese millet. Although it's a good seed head, it attracts less bugs than that. And so corn is great. When it gets really cold, ducks go to corn. I've been teaching my son this over the years. I say, you know, think about where you see ducks and what time you see them. And what I mean is look at the temperatures outside. Ducks are going to be using different things at different times. So as a wildlife agency, important that we provide 
all of these things and not just one. As a hunter, most people think, I want corn, you know, highway to highway, levee to levee. <laughs> but you don't want that when you're managing for waterfowl, especially when you're managing for, managing for body condition, keeping them in good shape. Even during the hunting season, they have different requirements at different times. Uh -huh. And I always say, pay attention to what the temperature's doing, and that'll tell you where the ducks are going to be. And that helps a lot in hunting, whenever right. your scouting area is to hunt as well. Cool. I think that's good information for folks to have and, and to know that we're we're working for wildlife as well as the hunter. We're trying to, to, to have good crops and good uh, good habitat for that wildlife, healthy for them, as well as have opportunity for hunting. That's right. So, yeah, that's great. Well, uh, one thing we wanted to bring up that we have been watching our social media and we see questions and we see comments and, and we understand some of the concerns and we're we're monitoring that right and, and you've you've monitored some of that and, and we see we see the the questions understand some of the stuff that's coming out sure so that's one of the things i want us to do is be more proactive in that approach now we don't want to debate we're here to educate that's right. the thing that, that's most important so people are going to have different opinions about what we say or what we do but we want to take an opportunity to educate them on what we're doing or what we're talking about absolutely right. well do you mind if i read one of the questions that came in that, that when we can kind of address that i mean we can't address them all on, on the show we only got 28 and a half minutes here to, to get you the the information you need but one question that came in i use i used to buy the we're farming in a wetland argument until i started helping friends with private holes uh, to plant private holes their food always makes it you know why they invest in drainage and levees, so when it rains, it has somewhere to go and doesn't flood out. Also, yes, you have decreased the amount of food over time. At my local WMA, we used to, to have nearly twice the food, but one of your levees wasn't maintained and burst, causing the entire plantable area to stay underwater. Now, instead of fixing the levee and drainage, uh, the draining of the water, uh, instead of now, instead of fixing the levee and draining, the water so we could have all the acreage back we just ignore it and have a big pond so how would you can you address that can you speak to that i don't know for sure that i have read that one but i bet you that's somewhere near a kentucky lake complex so as we go through this i'll be glad to address it we have to remember that what we'll see today especially as we go out and look at the crops is much different um in this system that it is a kentucky lake right. complex yeah. so the Kentucky Lake Complex has a lot, it's driven a lot by the Tennessee Valley Authority. And we're actually going to shoot a video there later on and get probably Brad Weed or Patrick Lemons one to comment on some of that. So we'll probably save some of that. But as we talk through that particular question, I just want to make sure that we know that what we're looking at today is totally different than the Kentucky Lake Complex, totally different dynamic. And so we are challenged with farming in a wetland. And mm -hmm. I always tell people this, I have when I was out here in the field, there's a reason that the agency owns most of what we own and <laughs> Over in far west Tennessee and it's because farmers couldn't make a crop on it mm. that's the reason they sold it to us now uh -huh. we've been fortunate enough to buy some pieces of property near the Mississippi River that are up out of the annual floodplain and we're able to manage those a lot different and right. really better than what we could do in a floodplain like this so I, that's a great question to, to kind of address some of those things um, we do go in and do in fact on this area there's a track over here every year cleaning out the ditches <laughs> um, and trying to keep positive hydrology or the flow of water um, to be able to drain some of these areas mm -hmm. um, we also we 
this is a different dynamic. This is a hard system to plant a crop in every year. Again, uh-huh. when you get a June flood and a July flood almost every year, if you plant corn, it's going to flood out. So we have to be good stewards of what we have and try to figure out what's going to be best. Now, we still try it in a lot of areas, and we yeah. really do that to, to try and satisfy the public, knowing a lot of times that we're probably not going to get that crop grown. But we still try it. In fact, we plant some areas two, even three times a year. Yeah. Um, and so we plant those crops multiple times. Now, a lot of people don't know that because they come out one time of the year and they'll see it and either the crop looks great or it looks bad. Um, so, so we try to do that. Now, again, this is a critical habitat that functions much different. So we want to try and grow things like this rather than just corn all the time mm-hmm. because it suits the needs of the waterfowl and the duck at different times of year. Yep. So, again, we'll go back to that. Did I answer? I'm trying to remember if I answered everything. I, I know about the hydrology. We continue to fight beavers. We trap for them trying to keep the flow of water we we do try to maintain and clean our ditches out and fix our levees mm-hmm. you know there may be a particular area that i'm missing there that that i just don't know about that i'll try to get educated on what was, was there another piece on that jason that no i think i think you pretty much covered it you know uh you know why would we not fix the the uh invest in the drainage and the levees but you you touched on that yeah so um, some of the other things we've been seeing on social media, some questions and comments coming in, you know, uh, pertaining to the four-person minimum. Could you address that for the Tier 1 draws? Yes. So the commission passed that. And it was based on hunter feedback. So there were some questions last year. People were saying, hey, there's people drawn for this blind and they're not showing up. And what happened last year was, you know, one individual could put in for that blind and they got a confirmation number. So if that one individual got COVID or got sick, all their buddies were wanting to come. And so they were calling and complaining, hey, you know, I drew that blind. My buddies want to come hunt, but they can't come and hunt. So based on that response, the commission said, hey, let's require, you know, a certain minimum of folks. And they chose four, thinking that the opportunity would be there for more folks to be able to show up to hunt that blind to reduce the no-show rate. Uh Okay, awesome. And then, you know, the Tier 2s are not hoppable. That was another big question that we see, and and that was the same as last year, right? Yep. So, you know, the Tier 2s, what's going on there, there's a lot of folks that like that system as well. They haven't been as vocal. You know, they're not coming out (laughs) like on Facebook or social media posts, but they're contacting us behind the scenes. They don't want to get into a debate on social media, but a lot of folks were wanting that. And so a lot of middle and East Tennessee hunters were saying, hey, please don't make them hoppable. And what we were trying to do, was reduce the chances of confrontation in those blinds sure. or if you draw that blind and you're from middle tennessee east tennessee you have a blowout and you get over there late mm-hmm. you didn't want to find somebody in your blind that was one of the things um you know it, if you didn't want to hunt it on friday and you wanted to show up on saturday you know we wanted those people to Save have that it opportunity yeah. it's just a yeah one one thing that that the agency's trying to do there is to increase this new user group. Mm-hmm. Um, and so by providing these blinds, they're already brushed, people just show up, they throw their decoys out. If they're new to the sport, this is a good way to try to introduce them and get them engaged. Mm-hmm. And then people say, well, y'all picked the best 42 blinds. Well, we did pick some of the best ones. That's no secret. We picked those because we wanted people to have a quality hunt and a chance of being successful. Right. Um, not only new hunters, but h- folks that have been hunting for a while, we want mm-hmm. them to have a good quality experience and have success there. It's not always the best 
best sites. A lot of that depends on the hunter. I've seen hunters that are very good take a poor site and and turn it into one of the best <laughs> kill sites that's on the area. I've seen that happen many times. There's a group that hunts Tigard every year that's, that's I know them. They're actually friends of mine. They're great hunters. They've been able to take several blinds over that people thought weren't good blinds, and they go in and make them where they're uh-huh. sites that harvest a lot of birds. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, you know, I think about the, the tier two. Those, those are good for the expert novices like me. That <laughs> I'm not a duck hunter. I'd rather be deer hunting or turkey hunting, but I might find a passion if I try out one of those blinds. Or able especially to get one of those. if you have some success yeah, you know, when yeah. you're out there. It makes it a little bit easier on a guy like me, you know, that doesn't really know what to do when he gets to a duck blind. He has to call a guy named Jason to help him out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, for this year, we're we're trying uh, something a little bit different on August 6th. Do you want to tell the folks what, what's going to happen then? And uh, it's kind of exciting. So so most of our users know that traditionally um, you showed up on site and had a handheld draw at seven different locations across mm-hmm. Middle and West Tennessee. And, you know, we went away from that. We went to the computer draw during the pandemic right. and continued that computer draw system. And, you know, you would just get a notification that you got drawn and have to file your notice of intent. What's different this year based on some of that feedback? There, some of the things that were going on during the duck bomb process, they were saying, well, we want to have, you know, an in-person gathering. You know, it was a lot of camaraderie that occurred there. So we wanted to maintain the computer system based on feedback. Um, even people that were opposed to this early on said, we don't mind the computer draw. Um, but we we wanted to offer that opportunity to the communities to continue that tradition of hunters getting together. So it's going to be an in-person announcement. Uh-huh. Still be a computer draw system, but the folks will still be able to show up at those seven locations. We've reached out to the chambers in those areas and said, hey, we're going to do this, you know, that traditional Saturday and draw, uh, or not draw, but just do the announcement there. Yeah. And if you want to have a waterfowl festival, hey, let's go ahead and move forward with that. We're going to have personnel that are going to be there to answer questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of your staff are going to be there yeah. to set up some booths and different yeah, things that's right to stuff for the kids some activities for kids yeah yeah i think that'll be fun for the communities those who those the folks who want to get out and kind of celebrate duck hunting and, and come around with their friends and 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 the community that'd be fun yeah yeah so those those locations are uh well it's going to be uh 9 a.m start right for the um for the different locations the announcement will be at 10 a.m uh but i'll rattle these off real quick kentucky lake wma big sandy ballpark this is all Region 1, West Sandy WMA, Henry County Fairgrounds, Barkley WMA, Stewart County High School, Realfoot WMA, Realfoot Lake State Park Visitor Center, uh, Tigert WMA, Dyer County Fairgrounds, Gooch WMA, O'Brien City Park. And for Region 2, AEDC and Woods Reservoir will be at Morris Ferry Boat Ramp and Fishing Area. The Cheatham Lake and Haynes Bottom Area will be at the Cheatham WMA Office Check-In Station. And then Old Hickory Unit 1 and 2, as always, at the Wilson County Fairgrounds. So those are the locations. We look forward to seeing folks out there and, and hanging out with us and all that fun stuff. So I think it's going to be great. Um, you know, let's. can we end this with a hunting story? <laughs> you you didn't prompt me for that. <laughs> sure, sure. Glad to. You, <laughs> you're out in the woods all the time. Tell us about one of your favorite hunting stories, being out there in the woods, maybe with your son. or It, it would be with my son and my father. We get to share a duck blind together every year, but the most memorable experience was watching my son shoot his first deer and his oh, first yeah. duck. I'll never forget um, whenever he was in a duck blind, we'd been letting him shoot ducks on the water. You know, as a young age uh-huh. with a single shot, 20 gauge, a break, break open gun, and, and it actually to shoot his first duck out of the air was just a neat experience oh, for man. he and I both. And that, and now really just to share the blind with him and my dad when I get to come home. That's what it's all about, passing it on to those next generations and those uh, family members. It makes it even more special. So, 
Jason, I appreciate you being with us. Thank you, Jason. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, thank you. Thank you for what you do. And I'm glad to be able to share this time with you out in West Tennessee in the bottoms. Yeah. Enjoy your day yeah. in the field today. I'm looking forward to yeah. it. Yeah. Congratulations on your uh, your new role. And uh, we're excited. And then uh, couldn't think of a better guy to have that position. Look forward to working with you exactly. and working, working for you. So thank you very much. All right. Well, Don, thank you for making this happen here today you bet you and, bet uh, this is tennessee wildcasts uh, appreciate you watching listening and we'll see you next time thanks for tuning in stay connected with twra by visiting our website at tnwildlife.org and follow us on facebook twitter and instagram hey it's all about tennessee wildlife it's what we do tennessee wildcast will be on the air again next week We'll see you then.